Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from GuillotineLeagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. Welcome to the Damian Pierce Appreciation Show. I, I mean, Fantasy Football Weekly, <laughs> final preseason edition. I am Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts today are Brian Johnson, GuillotineLeagues.com, Scott Fish. Yo. Hi, guys. What's going on? Great to – this is we now know basically everything we're going to know. Yes. Going into week one for our drafts. It's It's all been laid bare. And best part about it, healthiest preseason we've had Ever. Right. I've I've never been part of a preseason that's had one mid tier significant injury. Tim Patrick. That's it. I'd I'd worry about Brian Robinson. Um, yeah, well, okay. I'd I'd worry about you jinxing it, but I don't see how that could be yeah, happening. Yeah. Right? At yeah. This point. I think we're I think we're finally safe to talk about it. I love that part of the how this offseason is gone. Someone is like slipping in the shower as right now. Yeah, you are that. jinxing the whole league. Oh boy. Just start the season. But yeah, this has been a long offseason, but yeah, it is. We're, we're all ready. It, we're so close to the, the the start of the season now that the last segment of this show. We will do our fantasy football weekly style breakdown of the Thursday night game. Letter grades for all the players, just the way we normally do our in-season stuff. It's already here. Mm. I know. Can't wait. Uh, We'll start the show by talking about the one thing that you need to know about each team's preseason. And when I say one thing, I'm guessing it's going to be like one and a half. Two to five. Two to five. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk about who won all the training camp battles that we talked about in our first preseason show as we were looking forward to training camp. We'll play three tough questions, our favorite game on this show. Which teammate is the better one to draft? We will give you a pair of te- teammates and say, who would you draft at their ADP? Guy A or guy or teammate B. Well, uh, And then this is the CYA segment of our preseason called I Might Be Wrong, where we confess the things. CYA? How old am I? What is CYA? Cover your okay okay, okay. All right. yeah there. yeah right art cover your art for... man wait a minute C- can cover you cover your can you not say arse can we not say arse we have an art sound on this show okay 
All right. All right. There we go. Let's do it. Cover your aardvark. Okay. All right. Let's go through each of the teams. I feel really old right now. (laughs) (laughs) Stop abbreviating stuff. (laughs) What? Let's go through the one thing you need to know about each team's preseason. We begin with Scott Fish and the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. They uh, most recently they traded for LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I don't know what role he's going to be in that offense, but it's another weapon for the Baker Mayfield led offense with Sam Darnold on officially put on IR now. All right, Brian, the Las Vegas Raiders. So Darren Waller wasn't practicing basically all preseason training camp, but he got his contract extension that he wanted. And suddenly he's on the practice field. Coincidence? I think not. But Mm -hmm. needless to say, I am very happy. You guys are so sad that he's (laughs) (laughs) most people are uh, psyched. So Waller should be on track to play in week one. And it's also worth noting that. The Raiders released offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood, who was the 17th offensive tackle, Alex Leatherwood, on a team with one of the worst offensive lines. 17th pick. 17th pick in the draft. In the draft last year. One year ago. I mean, I forget the name of the award. He won, like, Mm. the best offensive lineman award in 2021. Went to Alabama, who just, Mm -hmm. you know, churns out elite players at all levels. So, He's gone. I mean, that, mm. that Jamarcus Russell line is bad. Nothing will top the Jamarcus Russell pick by the Raiders, but this might be the second worst pick in, uh, yeah, I mean, if not league history, uh, franchise history. Jamarcus Russell was a total disaster, first pick right. overall in the draft. Uh, but at least they're getting out of Alex Leatherwood fast, right? I mean, mm-hmm. with Jamarcus, it, it, that thing lingered on for like three years before they. And, the and that was pre, you know. It's it's when the contracts were huge for the one. Yeah, they, that was right. It was that's right. But uh, um, he but, he blew but, it all on purple drank. Mm. Remember that? Kind um, of. <laughs> remember Vince Young blew it all on uh, Fridays. He went to Fridays a lot and just paid for everyone's meals at Fridays. Yeah, Fridays. He just loved oh, well, TGI. At least that Fridays. came from a good place in his heart. But uh, the Raiders' offensive line is a concern when you're cutting the 17th overall pick, who was supposed to fill a major void, and he didn't. And uh, so I'm a little concerned there, but uh, still going to be exciting offense. Yeah, I, as it may, it, as it turns out, it could be that your favorite TV commentators are not meant to be general managers. That's a could possibility. Be. Uh, let's go to the Packers. I've been updating you on the Packers offensive line all preseason because this is a pretty big story. Elkin Jenkins and David Bakhtiari still not practicing with the team. They've been doing individual workouts for a couple of weeks, but that's it. And when asked if they'd be ready for week one, head coach Matt LaFleur used the term hard to project <laughs> and then said, I have no idea. So this offensive line continues to be in flux for the Packers. What's the one thing people need to know about the Washington Commanders, Scott? Uh, so Brian Robinson was shot in a carjacking last week. He was released from the hospital and was at the team facility the next day. They did put him on the NFI, NFI list, so he will miss the first four weeks. But it does sound like uh, Robinson and McKissick are going to share that role for a while. Uh, yeah, Gibson and McKissick. Let's go yeah. to uh, Brian and the Buffalo Bills. Starting slot, uh, who should be the starting slot wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie. A little iffy for the opener next Thursday at the Rams with an undisclosed injury. So uh, if he were to miss that game, uh, Jamison Crowder would certainly benefit. Uh, but I like uh, rookie wide receiver Khalil Shakir a little mm. bit more. Uh, we'll talk about him a little later in the show. But I think McKenzie should be good to go. I think a lot of these questionables we're seeing are really yeah, probable. I think he'll be good. But uh, yeah, they're we'll worth look, noting for yeah. sure. And we'll have all the week one breakdowns next week on Fantasy Football mm-hmm. Weekly as we go through all the matchups. Uh, for the Texans, the biggest fantasy story of the entire preseason is Damian Pierce. And 
Uh, look, I those of you that actually listen to this show, going all the way back to the draft, you're way, way ahead of the story. We loved him here all. We loved him before the draft. We loved the landing spot in the draft. Mm-hmm. We loved him coming into the preseason. And then we loved him even more after we got to see him throughout the preseason games. Uh, that's a double peacock. Double, that's, I, that was like a at least a double peacock. Now, he hasn't actually done anything yet. He hasn't scored a fantasy oh, no. point yet. So. Oh, no. We we put Hall of Fame jackets on <laughs> in the offseason. That's what we do. We do. And But here's what I can say with confidence is if you had dra- if you had an early draft and you based it just on what you're hearing on the show, you got him mm-hmm. many, many rounds later where he's everywhere. going now. That part is great. Uh, now, so where are you taking – Damian Pierce right now, in my drafts, I'm seeing him go roughly fourth round. He is going right in the now. fourth. Yep. So yep. I saw him late third in the draft, and I was a little shocked by that, honestly, but yeah. I've seen him mostly in the fourth recently. Let's go to the Bucks. What's the one thing you need to know about their offseason? Mostly it's just the offensive line. They're, they're missing a couple starters. They lost a couple starters from last year. They get, they have three injuries currently on on uh, on that offensive line. Yeah, Two are going to be gone for the season. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's going to be a rough spot for them. Yeah, for sure. I, everybody is very nervous about the Bucks right now. I just got uh, Mike Evans mid third round of a draft. Okay, I mean, they just I, the bottom's falling out of the Bucks yeah. from a fa- uh, from uh, drafting uh, yeah. standpoint. Uh, Cleveland Browns, Brian. Uh, the Browns claimed a, a guy named Kellen Mond, quarterback. Ever heard of him? Uh, off waivers. Fortunately, yes. Further it, cementing uh, Jacoby Brissett as the starter for the first. <laughs> What is it? 11, 11 games of the season. Yeah, Eleven games. So yeah, Kellen Mond, travesty that is. Cleveland Brown. Let's go to the Brown. Colts. Matt Ryan looked comfortable in his new offense. Uh, should be a steady fantasy performer and could put Michael Pittman on a big season. I'm a mm-hmm. believer. Yep. Uh, the other starting wide receivers that have emerged over the course of the preseason for the Colts: Alex Pierce, rookie wide receiver, going to start, and the still at this moment healthy Paris Campbell, ready to roll into regular season action, healthy. Running from the slot, Paris Campbell. Uh, Alec Pierce is a nice sleeper. He is. A like, nice. he I've got him. Big. A few places. Hey, he was my, my sleeper a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Hope you guys are right. Uh, uh, Detroit Lions, Scott. Uh, reports are and have been really all offseason that Jameson Williams has been ahead of schedule. Those those surfaced again in the last week. Remember, it was a torn ACL in the national championship game, so that was early February. So he's only about seven months out. But th- those reports that thought he might be back by late October mm-hmm. could happen. So if you're in home leagues this week, sta- grabbing him at the end of your draft, stashing him on IR is yeah. not, a, not a bad play for such an explosive guy. I'm uh, kind of upset they haven't featured him. In hard knocks at all. I know he's not yeah, like, odd, practicing, right? I, but he, yeah. his story is worth telling. The guy would have been the first wide receiver taken, most likely, if he didn't yeah. get injured. And... I just think there's not a lot to tell past that, right? Yeah, except except for like he is on the field with like a lot of guys when they're injured, they they're off the field. Maybe they're not even. He's been on the field, hanging out with the players, like walking around, etc. Like he's with them. He wants to be part of it. So I, we didn't get to see whatever his rookie hazing bit would be, and they've, we've seen a lot right. of them on hard right. knocks, but not his. Jamison Williams. Brian, when I when I think of the Jets preseason, and the one thing that I think is most is the big storyline here, Brees Hall just not able to walk out of this uh, preseason as the sure number one starter rolling into the season. No, uh, it sounds like Michael Carter or Michael Carter is the starter. We'll talk about those two a little mm-hmm. later. When I think of the Jets, I think of West Side Story. I don't know about you. I don't think <laughs> of the football team. Boy. We uh, are aging ourselves. A lot of snapping. A lot of yes. snapping. Hey, the, the, the reboot wasn't bad, but not as not as good as the mm. original. I only saw the original because they showed it in high school. It was one of those uh, substitute teacher bits. Oh, but uh, those bits, yeah. And 
talking about the Jets, the football team, Zach Wilson not officially ruled out for week one, so he, he could make the start against the Ravens. But uh, as you alluded to earlier, we'll discuss that in further detail next week. For the Chiefs, uh, what you need to know about their preseason, we gained really very little clarity at wide receiver because all the presumed starters got hurt at some point. Juju got hurt, Sky Moore got hurt, MBS got hurt, but it looks like they're all going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is your starting running back. But after yep. that, we don't know. I nope. mean, you know, for a while nope. it looked like Isaiah Pacheco might be the guy. Then Ronald Jones made a, made the team on a strong final yep. preseason yep. game. Jarek McKinnon's a utility guy. Yep. I, I think the only safe play right now appears to be Clyde Edwards. Yep. Blair. Agreed. Let's go to the Seahawks. Scott. Uh, Ken Walker did have that hernia surgery. He's feeling better, but uh, it doesn't sound like he's likely for week one. Although Pete Carroll said he was throwing the ball around at practice, well, which that does not help. That's, that's, that's something you want to hear about your You're running, running back. back. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that says something about his rehab because normally PD Sunshine says glowing things. Yeah, that's maybe. So you're saying it's a it's a quiet day. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, that he's not going to be ready. Brian, what's the one thing people need to know about the Broncos preseason? Uh, there is some hype around rookie tight end Greg Dolchich, Bob, but he was placed on IR with hamstring mm-hmm. issues, so he's going to be out at least the first four games. Uh, meaning it's. I'm not going to call him Albert O. Scott, you'll correct me if I get this wrong. Uh, Equipinum. I was wow. going to try it at least, but okay. wow, you're, you're really, you are the, the pronunciation the desk yes. on this show well for sure. Uh, it's Albert Equipinum. Season. Yet we should again. really just get that on the button. Mark. <laughs> yeah, that would be much easier. <laughs> no, no <laughs> we don't need it. You don't I'll, need I'll, it. I'll, I'll just You're jump in. You're not here every week. I, I, That's I need, the problem. I need the reps. I'm here for the next date. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> For the Rams, the thing you need to know from their preseason, after missing most, really, almost really, the entire preseason with unspecified injuries, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson returned to practice. This yes. Week. Um, we'll keep an eye on backup runner Kyron Williams as well. Um, if you're skeptical about Akers and his recovery, mm-hmm. and you're skeptical about Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, just because he didn't really shine last year when he had the chance, maybe Williams is a factor at some point this year, but... Um, we didn't really gain a ton of clarity on on where Akers is, and we're really no clarity whatsoever yeah. where Akers is on his return. Let's go to the Eagles, Brian. Scott, Sorry, uh, Scott. Miles Sanders was practicing back practicing finally. Finally, he's back practicing, uh, and they claimed Trey Sermon off waivers, which is of note because 49ers GM John Lynch said Sermon was one of their best players in camp yeah. before he caught Tells him. You what to, <laughs> don't listen to that stuff. <laughs> That's exactly what I put. Never believe John Lynch at this point. Oh. They also acquired Ian Book from the Saints. The Saints traded Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson punch face in late <laughs> draft pick swaps. And they also traded return man Jalen Rager to the Vikings. A lot of moves for the Eagles yeah, in the last week active. here. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love the uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, pick. I'm yes, so yes. He, I call him punch face because he makes wide receivers want him to pump, want to punch him in the face. It's been multiple wide receivers yeah. for multiple teams now. Maybe good for him. Even his own team, if I recall once. Miami Dolphins. Brian. Uh, Sony Walkman was released or cut, uh, which makes me love Chase Edmonds even Mm. more. Uh, He's still going way too low, in my opinion. And also, there was some concern about Jalen Waddell's availability for week one. But he's been back at practice, sans compression sleeve on legs, so Mm. he should be good to go. But again, we'll we'll talk about that more next week when we break down all the matchups. The Vikings starters did not play in the preseason. The backup running spec running back spot is very unsettled for the first time in a long time. The preseason's best runner 
was fifth-round rookie Ty Chandler, followed by Kane Wangmu. And Alexander Madison is has been the subject of trade speculation, and it's not clear that he's going to get any more work than these other guys are going to get. The public has not caught up to that. I'm seeing Madison go as the Madison we had last year. That is a mistake. There is a lot of risk on assuming that Alexander Madison is going to get much of any work in any game and that he would get the majority of carries even if something happened to Dalvin Cook. Scott, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. What's the one thing we need to know about their preseason? Uh, Yeah, we'll go back to the loss of Tyron Smith, who's going to miss most of the season. But now they're only expecting him to miss maybe half the season or so. They're they're expecting him back sooner than we originally thought. Uh, First rounder Tyler Smith is going to take his place at left tackle, which is a place where you always want a rookie. rookie. Yeah, great. Perfect. Uh, So if you can't believe John Lynch, how much can you believe what Jerry Jones says? Well, that wasn't a Jerry Jones (laughs) thing. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. Let's go to the Patriots. Uh, the Pats released rookie running back Kevin Harris, who they took in the sixth round. So they're going to go with uh, rookie running back Pierre Strong Jr., who they took in the fourth round, is their RB3. But he is well behind Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, who yeah. will also uh, break down a little more. Ty, Ty Montgomery got injured, and yeah. that's I, going to open up the door for Ramondre Stevenson to in these first few weeks to show what he can do as a pass catcher. I, I, I just refuse to acknowledge Ty Montgomery's existence anymore. Either. I'm so tired of Ty <laughs> I, I saw a beat, re- a beat reporter for New England say, uh, a New England beat reporter say today, he wouldn't be shocked if Stevenson leapfrogs Harris. And I'm like, welcome to what we've all you been know, talking about for, for a three month. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last, last team uh, for this segment. The thing you need to know about the Saints, with the loss of elite left tackle Taron Armstead in the offseason, the Saints put a first rounder into, into his replacement, Trevor Penning. But now he's out indefinitely after getting foot surgery, and the Saints are down to James Hurst at left tackle if he can play through his own foot injury. Michael Thomas has looked good when healthy, but he's on week two of a hamstring injury. We're going to watch his status for week one, which is currently unclear. So a lot of injury issues for the Saints coming off a season in which they had a lot of injury issues. When we come back, we will continue to recap The one thing you need to know about every team's preseason and give you the resolution to some of the key training camp battles from around the league. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian with you. GuillotineLeagues.com. My cheat sheet available for free at GuillotineLeagues.com. It's also the freshest, funnest way to play fantasy football. Perfect for like a second league, third league, because the format is so unique. Mm-hmm. You start with 18 teams because there's 18 weeks in the season and there's no head to head. Instead, every week, the low scoring team gets chopped and all their players go to the waiver wire mm-hmm. where pandemonium breaks out. Ooh, you didn't say ensues. You went with breaks, breaks out. out. Ensues is way better. You changed way it Way better. I changed the cadence. What's wrong with me? Got to keep it fresh, I guess. <laughs> uh, tons of strategy, tons of different ways of thinking about how to craft your team and then how to spend your money throughout yes. the season. You're playing to not finish last in every week, which is a very different strategy than playing to finish first. If tons you, of fun. If you ain't last, you're first. That is our motto here at guillotineleagues.com. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson. Scott, let's go to the one thing we didn't need to know about the Giants preseason. Yeah, basically all of their wide receivers have been injured most of the preseason. Crazy, right? <laughs> Kadarius Tony is still dealing with the the two injuries. Um, Sterling Shepard just came back, but he's coming back from Achilles. I'm going to go into my week one matchups here and say Wandell Robinson is probably your starting slot wide receiver week one against the Titans team who was dead last against slot wide receivers mm. last year. Wow. So I'm just keep preview are for you next week. Keep that, planting your take home flag keep, already. Keep that in your in your noodle there or whatever. All right. Uh, Titans. Oh, by the way, yeah. their new head coach, the Bills, yeah. uh, Brian, Brian Dable, Dable mm-hmm. he fed the slot just more than most teams too last year. Oh. I'm just, you know, All right. That's your take it's decided already. Right, you're, you're already setting up next week's show. Brian, what is the one thing people need to know about the Titans preseason? Um, it looks like almost every team in the NFL outside of Tennessee made a mistake passing on Malik Willis. I know it's preseason, but it certainly looks like his game is going to translate Yeah. Uh, to the NFL. He's not going to usurp Ryan Tannehill just yet. But my question I'll pose to you guys real quick is Malik Willis, of course, in dynasty leagues, People are drafting him, stashing him, but in a in a, any kind of redraft super flex format, I'm not seeing him get are picked. You, are you? I, I'm in a keeper league where you only keep two. Took him in the last round. It's a two quarterback league, not a super okay. flex. Two and that's keeper. Yeah, in the redrafts, I have not seen him get picked either. But uh, he's looking like he's going to be something special. We might have to wait a little bit, of yeah. course. But uh, that's only the only real news out of Tennessee. For the Steelers, best story from the Steelers preseason was the eye popping catches made by rookie. George Pickens, who looks yes. very good. Uh, sad Trombonski, your expected starter. Mm-hmm. Hold on. where I'm, I'm off my game right now. Just like I don't know. He's, he's the starter. I feel like that should have been a happy shot. But okay. Well, yeah, for him. Uh, maybe not fantasy owners. Kenny Pickett looked good enough that the leash here probably pretty short on yep. Mitch Trubisky. Yep. You know, Malik Willis would look pretty good in a, a Steelers uniform. <laughs> right well, no. Kenny Pickett's looked pretty good in a Steelers eh, uniform. I'll take Malik Willis all day. Let's go to the Falcons. Uh, really, not a lot here. I mean, Anthony Ferkser got cut. Quadri Allison got cut. I don't know. Uh, I guess for the for the full preseason, basically it's that Drake London and Kyle Pitts look like they're going to be most of that offense, and they've both just made great plays in both camp and in preseason games. Let's go to the Bengals. Brian. Uh, Teague Higgins currently questionable for week one. Uh, he had offseason shoulder injury, but I think it's, you know, they've been watching uh, his workload throughout the preseason. He should be good to go, but just keep an eye on 
Mr. T. Higgins. <laughs> Mr. T. I pity uh, the fool. For the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo re-signed to a backup deal. More on Garoppolo later in the show. Yeah. And Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Sermon got cut, went to the Eagles. The running back pecking order looks like Elijah Mitchell into Jeff Wilson, probably into Tyreon Davis-Price. TDP. I think that's going to be the case there. So uh, Mitchell going pretty late and Jeff Wilson going really late in drafts for those that may be inclined to want to get on board with them. Let's go to the uh, Cardinals next. Scott. Eno Benjamin, Benjamin, as we mentioned last week, did end up securing that RB2 role, that Chase Edmonds role from Mm. last year, so it might be fantasy viable. Also, they do expect Zach Ertz and Rondale Moore, who have been uh, dealing with injuries, back for week one, but you might want to prepare other options anyway. Okay. Uh, That's been a shocking move for Eno Benjamin, and for his sake, I hope it holds that way. Jaguars, Brian, what's the one thing we need to know about their preseason? Well, Scott mentioned this when he was talking about the Panthers. Um, the Jags traded away Lavishka Chenault to uh, Chenault to uh, Carolina, which probably does not bode well for Terrace Marshall over in Carolina. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, Jaguars, I don't know. There's still kind of like James Robinson watch going yeah. on. I, but tra- I think the biggest story for me is Travis Etienne looks fully healthy. Yeah. He does. I mean, he, he does. You know, he's running hard. I thought, yep. you know, the, the, what we saw of him. He looks like that injury that Liz Frank is totally uh, in the rearview mirror. The fantasy uh, he's community been almost an auto for me in the late third. Sure wants him to be the RB one or get the 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 lion's share of the touches. So we'll just have to see what happens. But they got the commanders in week one. I'm loving basically every Jaguar going into week one. For the Ravens, rookie tight end Isaiah Likely splashed obvious talent mm-hmm. and is expected to find his way into the field at some point this year. If they effectively use him as a wide receiver, there's no competition really for him that stands in the way of him getting reps, and it's just a matter of when. You think he's better than Devin Duvernay? I do. I do. <laughs> but it's, it's likely. I think it is likely, <laughs> and I don't think he's as deep of a stash as some he people isn't. think. I've been, I've been taking him in leagues just for that. He's... Uh, J.K. Dobbins insists his leg is fine. Uh, and by the way, love him battling against er- what he believes are erroneous media reports on Twitter, which is great. Um, his status for week one at this point unclear. We'll know more about J.K. Dobbins next week. Uh, journeyman Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake likely to see action in the opener as well. Scott, your final uh, a preseason report comes from Chicago. Yeah, the Bears' offensive line has really been the story of this team this this preseason. Yes. Every game they have looked absolutely terrible with Justin Fields getting hit constantly. The Bears went out and claimed Alex Leatherwood, who we mentioned earlier, former first-round pick just last year, uh, to to – to, to try to help that offensive line. And they're trying out uh, former Pro Bowler Caliccio Semele. So, oh, uh, wow. Yeah. It's, he's like got to be early 30s by now, 33, no 34, something like that. But former Pro Bowler, I mean, uh, I believe he blew out a knee or maybe both knees back about three years ago, maybe that two, three years right. ago or something. Um, so at least they're trying, they realize their issue and they're trying to fix it somehow. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a long road there. Um, yeah. Judson Fields played well in that final preseason game, and that's a glimmer of hope for them. That's right. uh, connected on a touchdown to Cole Komet. Let's hope that continues. <laughs> uh, Chargers, Brian, our last team is uh, our last preseason report. Mentioned earlier that Sony Walkman Michelle was cut by the Dolphins. Well, he signed with the Chargers, which probably doesn't bode too well for Joshua Kelly. And especially Isaiah Spiller. Sony Walkman is no threat to anybody. I don't know. No, God, no. I'm just worried about Isaiah Spiller. I I, I thought he'd be a lock 
to be the backup running back. That is le- that's a legitimate that's observation is that he couldn't go win the number two or at least not he yet. seemed like the obvious handcuff, not even handcuff, just an RB two with, yeah, you know. Who's going to contribute week in, week out? And that's not looking like the case right now. I've had increasing confidence in Austin Eckler getting, maintaining the sizable workload he had last year as this preseason's gone on because it doesn't feel like anybody's really stepped up to take reps away from him. Michelle, he is not very good. But no. he's, he's great in pass protection, so that's going to put him on the field, which I just I just hate. Not, not talking about Eckler, but for for Isaiah Spiller, mm. it's really I'm just worried about Isaiah Spiller. I'm like forty percent on this guy. I bet. Uh, all right, next we in, in our first preseason show. Now four full shows ago, we're in our fifth preseason show. Now we identified the training camp battles we were going to watch. Now it's only fair that. With training camps over, we go back, circle back, tell you who won these battles. Mm-hmm. Brian, let's begin with you. What was the first training camp battle resolution you've got? Um, well, these were Matt's, but uh, they were he did get them right. I'll give him credit for that in terms of they were battles. But it was Atlanta's uh, starting running back between Cordero Patterson, Tyler. Is it a- I'm going to the Algiers? It's not Algier. Al- no, Algier. It's like the Algiers Hotel. Because I'm in a from, league with from, him. From Casino. <laughs> By the way, Charge, have you seen Casino yet? You you admitted no, to have not I've, seen I've not. I've not you got to watch oh, Casino man. tonight. But anyway, I'm Patterson, I'm gonna, I gotta that, catch up on this. That, house of that's a full night. That's not. That's that. not a short movie. That was like a VHS double. Oh, it was double, double VHS, VHS tape. Did like, you guys know VHS tapes? If you've got sealed or original oh, yeah. VHS tapes, that those are selling for hundreds of dollars. I've got a born. That's on the how 4th much of they July. sold back then too. <laughs> there got a, a born on the fourth of July. Keep it in the wrap. Yeah. Keep it in the wrap. Who'd have guessed? Mm. And I don't know who the nut jobs are that want VHS. It'll be DVDs. It'll be DVDs soon, too. So if you got the DVDs sealed, oh. hold on to them. Laserdisc oh, probably coming first. But anyway, Patterson's the starter. I a Laserdisc player once. Oh, oh they were great. They I, were my, great. My, my buddy time. had one. It was, it was the place to be yeah. every weekend. He, he had basic instinct. He was easy to get to the good part <laughs> of that movie. But anyway, <laughs> back to football. <laughs> Cornell Patterson is still technically the starter, but Tyler Algier looks very good. So he's going to take some significant Damian snaps. Williams will, too. He, he will as well. But uh, I just want to talk about Kyle Pitts and talk about the Falcons. But anyway, enough about that. Scott, On your training camp battle resolution. Yeah, so the first one I went over last uh, last time we went over this was uh, Melvin Gordon versus Javante Williams on the Broncos. I don't know that we got much clarity at all. We, I think the clarity is the, it's still a split backfield. Yeah. We at, the, at the time, we were talking about one beat reporter is like 55-45. One is 70-30. Uh, we did get some clarity that Gordon said, in fact, that the Broncos want Javante to be the guy. So I feel like he's going to get more opportunity. The split is going to go his way. Is it worth the ADP difference? I don't know. We may talk well, about that. We'll find that. out later in this show. I, I was trying to tease it. it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Brian, your next training camp battle resolution. I'm going to skip over the starting Carolina quarterback because we all know what happened there. Yeah. Um, and go to Green Bay's wide receiver one. It was between Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, rookie Christian Watson, rookie uh, Dubs. Uh, recently, Matt LaFleur, head coach Matt LaFleur, said a, this about his wide receivers. Quote, I don't think anybody's clear cut in front of the other guy. I think it's going to be very much... The ball's going to get spread around, and we're going to try to feature different guys in different spots. Gross. So there's no yeah. resolution no, to this whatsoever. Fantasy owners don't ever want to hear that, yeah. that they're going to go hot hand on any position, including wide receiver. But 
if you're near the stripe, you're thrown to the six foot five Alan Lazard. Yeah. That's the thing I feel most confident about is the touchdowns coming for Alan Lazard. Yeah. Who scored eight touchdowns with Devontae Adams hogging most you know, most of the attention. Right. And that and Romeo Dubs, of course of course, has been the splashy name in camp, but I I'm most intrigued by Watson who was the first wide receiver they drafted, and he missed a lot of training camp with injury, and his ADP has fallen off. So he's the guy I've kind of been uh, buying the dip on. Hmm. Scott, your next training camp resolution. Over to the New England Patriots, where I feel like we're in a similar spot as the Denver Broncos, where we're talking about Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Since the beginning of camp, Ramondre Stevenson has been working on pass catching, pass blocking. It's been a lot of talk. James White retired. They got rid of J.J. Taylor. Um... It really feels, and Ty Montgomery is now injured. So it feels like that role, that pass catching role, is going to be Stevenson's. And uh, beat reporters, at, as frequently as the end of this week, yeah. are stating that Stevenson could leapfrog Harris. And I'm buying it. I believe it. I hope you're right. Um, although oh, Damian so Harris overweight. has done nothing, has done nothing wrong. He's right. Still, he has good back. Scored 15 touchdowns last year, and we're like, eh, time for you to be replaced. on this show in the preseason last year. <laughs> I like that. I like that we called exactly fifteen too. And we hit it exactly fifteen. Yeah. Scott, uh, sorry, Brian. No, we aren't. No, Scott, Brian, Brian. Your next mm-hmm. training uh, camp uh, resolution. Uh, Giants wide receiver one was it going to be Kenny Galladay, Kadarius <laughs> Tony, uh, maybe Sterling <laughs> Shepard? It's certainly not going to be Kenny Galladay, who has oh. looked awful. That was like Dave Gettleman's one last yeah, just. The- the parting, oh. the parting contract to destroy his team, right the there. The absolute worst GM of all time, and that includes the aforementioned Jerry Jones. So it looks like it's going to be Kadarius Tony as New York's uh, top wide receiver, but he's already on the injury report for Week One with a leg injury. But I feel like that's more of a, a, a probable than questionable. But uh, as Scott said, Wandale Robinson, a very intriguing name uh, out there that you should uh, probably be scooping up in the later rounds of your draft. Scott, talk to me about your next training camp. Battle. Yeah, this this one is pretty easy. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers QB position. We went in a little curious what's going to happen mm-hmm. between Trubisky and their first round pick, uh, Kenny Pickett. Seems like Trubisky won the battle, but honestly, Pickett started out rough, but the he ended the preseason looking good, making fine plays, making some drives. I I would be shocked if Pickett does not get some run late in the season. Brian, your next training camp battle resolution. Uh, Philly RB1, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell at Boston Scott. Uh, it looked like Miles Sanders was clinging to that role, but he's unlikely unlikely to play in the opener uh, against no, the I Lions. Think he, no, I think he's going to go. Is he going to go yeah, with the I hamstring injury? Yeah, that's how it's shaping up. He returned so, to practice yesterday. He, he is the starter, but by no means is he a bell cow at all. This no. seems like it's going to be almost like a three-man rotation. Boston Scott, for those that – by the way, Boston Scott is a character I need on the show. You need to work on your Boston You accent. and Matt and everybody – no, stop it. Uh, I can help you out with this. Oh, it would be Lord. so good. No, Way I better can, than Colin McCockney. I, I can, I can do a Boston accent. I want to kill shot to, to McCockney. I never want to see that guy again. But anyway, um, I still like Gainwell out of these three guys in my own depth chart. But uh, I just it, say avoid. Mm-hmm. The, Eagle I, the Eagle I want is Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's the running back I want. And, and Dallas the, the, the rushing touchdowns, the yeah, rushing right? yards I want. I uh, mean, Scott, training camp battle resolutions. Uh the next one we went over, on my side anyway, was the Chiefs wide receiver one and wide receiver two roles. And honestly, I feel like, at least from what I've read, what I've seen, that it's pretty much all indications are Juju is taking that wide receiver one and it's going to be a mess behind him. <laughs> a mess of you don't know what to do with fantasy. You don't, you're, it's going to be best ball type 
ceiling weeks at best. So Juju Smith-Schuster is actually an interesting one for me because I feel like he could be a 100-plus target guy. Brian, let's go to your next training camp resolution. I'm going to do a twofer here, a twofer-one, because they're both uh, regarding the Seahawks. Geno Smith beat out Drew Locke. It's more like Drew Locke beat out himself. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. And then for the starting running back job, it was Rashad Penny and, and Kenneth Walker. But Walker has missed most of the preseason with this hernia issue. Might not go in week one. So it looks like it's Rashad Penny as a starting running back. We'll see how long he lasts. We, we've mentioned him before. Travis Homer. Mm. Interesting guy. Travis Homer looked better than, I'm telling you, he looked eye test. He looked better than any of the other Seattle running backs. It may not amount to anything. But he had some eye-popping moments in the preseason. They like him We're, in the past game and with Walker out, he'll get some mm-hmm. he'll get some run. Worth worth a spot in deeper, deeper mm-hmm. leagues. Uh Scott, let's do uh one last training camp battle right here. Okay, let's go over to the Bills, the running back position. We were talked singletary cook and we kind of talked Moss. It sounds like Moss had the best offseason ever, putting a ton of work after mentally dealing with those healthy scratches last year. Uh, and he's been talked up by everyone in Buffalo media. So he's going to, he, he basically, more than we he basically just point. muddied that backfield yeah. more than we like. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, Brian, your last training camp battle. Uh, the last one was for uh, Tampa Bay's wide receiver three between Julio Jones and Russell Gage. I wouldn't see, say either has won this job because they're very different players, and it looks like Julio yeah. is going to – they play very different roles out of the wide receiver spot. Julio looks like more of a, a tight end, really, kind of the role he'll play. And, uh, well, they have an the opening at tight end. They do. They, they got multiple openings almost. And uh, Tampa runs three wide receiver sets a lot, so I think they're both going to see the field plenty. So mm. let's just call that one a, a draw. They're, they're both elite, both certainly rosterable. There you have it, the training camp battle, res- battle resolutions that you care about when we come back. Three tough questions for our panel of experts, including what to do with Trey Lance now. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Welcome back to the show. It's Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. This is a game we call three tough questions. Tough question number one. With the 49ers' decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, what is the appropriate level of concern for those drafting Trey Lance? Is it none, some, or a bowel-loosening level of existential dread? Scott. None. Not even a little. This I don't even know that this question deserves a response. I'm actually disappointed that you put this as a question. I think we're wasting people's time here. They simply brought him in or bought time to trade him. They made the contract tradable if Jimmy approves it because he got the no trade clause. Yeah. They But they brought the financial burden down so that they could trade him. And he's a good backup if they can't. That's all it is. It's nothing for Trey Lance. Okay. Uh, Brian. With the 49ers' decision to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, what is the appropriate level of concern for those drafting Trey Lance? Scott and I usually agree uh, for the most part in three tough questions, but I disagree in this one. I got I got, I got some concern for Trey Lance because the, the, the Niners were one game away from the Super Bowl last year. They were almost they were in the NFC Championship game with yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo as quarterback. They're like, and if that safety just would have caught the ball, they yeah. would have gone in. A lot of what ifs. So I mean, if the Niners start one in three. One and four. Mm-hmm. It's probably Trey Lance's fault. I'm not saying it's going to happen. So, but if if they get off to a slow start, they can't afford to let this window slam shut on them. And they, they could make a switch at quarterback and just say Lance needs some more time. I I don't think that's going to happen. But so some, I would say little if I could. But I got to go with some. No, There's, you got, you got three options. That was pretty good. It's, it's not none. It's some for me. It, no, it's none. Uh, if Lance is so bad, the team pivots to Garoppolo. He wasn't going to help you anyway. If Lance is, gets mentally shaken by Garoppolo's presence, he wasn't going to help you anyway. Um, and he's he's just the backup for a team that clearly doesn't want him to start anymore. There's a long runway for Trey Lance. They've invested a ton in him. Um, the I can't trust it until I see it crowd, and I know there's a bunch of you listening that are that way, they, they will never win fantasy football championships because they are always replaying last year. You're not that way. You are going to look ahead to 2021, and Trey Lance has league-winning upside yep. as a runner, deep ball passer, and he is surrounded by great game-breaking talent. Tough question number two. You've sloughed the tight end position for 12 rounds. Who is the best dart throw tight end you should take at that point? Brian. Forgive me, Dan Arnold, for I'm about to sin. I'm not, you are not the answer. I'm sorry to say I still believe in you and I love you with all my heart. But I'm going with the aforementioned Isaiah Likely, who mm. you basically summed it up, Charge. He's probably the second best wide receiver. He is. I mean, Andrews is equally – I mean, it's going to be Andrews and Likely as the mm-hmm. other wide receiver options who are tight end eligible. I mean, Likely, you're getting like a, a Kyle Pitts Jr. type – Guy Jeez. in the last. Wow. I mean, he looks like he has that coming skill from set. Brian. That's. Great. I mean, he, he he's a guy who's just gonna. He's not gonna be an inline blocker. No, he's, he's gonna, not he built to like block. Looks like he's got the skill set to play wide receiver. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. I'm not sold on either of those guys, right. so I, I'm going likely here. Scott, who is the tight end? That we should dart throw after 12 rounds have already passed. So so my options are basically Irv Smith, Albert O, David Njoku, Tunyon, Fant, Higby, Everett, Hurst, Ingram, Likely, etc. type of guys. I'm going to go with David Njoku. Uh, he was only ran routes on 49% of his plays last year, and he still averaged about 8 fancy points per game when when he was going full. But he looks like he's on track for about 80% uh, snap per, or route participation. Route participate 
Wow, I can't participation. Thank you. Uh, my favorite stats on Njoku. I saw I saw this uh, CBS guy tweeted this. His uh, his um, average depth of target has gone up three streets seasons his yards after the catch three state seasons he's he, everything's improving for him they just gave him a huge contract they got rid of austin hooper and his 61 targets from last year and we talked about on the show a couple times how if you combine the three browns right yeah, tight ends like tight end you'd have a really good tight end i think Najoku's path is pretty good for a guy you're getting in the 12th 13th round uh the correct answer for the tight end to take, if you've sloughed that position for 12 rounds, is David Njoku. Yes! Well done. Woo! I'll, I, you hit most of my bullet points already. Kevin Stefanski uses his tight ends a lot. Fourth highest tight end target rate last year came out of Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns. And here's the kicker. They scored 10 touchdowns, his tight ends. Stefanski has targeted the tight end position more than any other position on plays that start from inside the five-yard line. So some easy touchdowns coming, which you've already you just mentioned, Scott, for David and Joe. Can, can I give you one more stat? Jacoby Brissett's last full season he played, he targeted tight ends 135 times in 15 games. That means he was targeting tight tight ends nine times per game. You don't nine say. Times. I don't say. Nine times. Tough question number three. Will Kyler Murray straighten out the hit or miss production we saw from Marquise Brown during Brown's tenure in Baltimore? Scott, probably not. Uh, those really high A dot boomer bust guys generally don't even out production. Uh, I I tend to think he. I, you saw it with uh, DeAndre Hopkins last year. He had a couple two for twenty one, two for fifty days. I can see that also for in his you know first six or seven games. I can see that also for Marquise Brown. And when DeAndre Hopkins gets back, it's only going to spread around more. I think you're looking at another boomer bust season here. All right. Brian, did will Kyler Murray straighten out the hit or miss production we saw from Marquise Brown last year? Uh, for those who didn't know this, despite the fact they played together at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still going to say no. Um, who would you, Which team do you think threw the ball more last year, the Ravens or the Cardinals? Cardinals. Wrong. It was wow. the Ravens, who were ninth in pass attempts with 610. The Cardinals were 16th. With 589. That's shocking to me. That is shocking. I would have never guessed I, that. I, I assume the same thing, but I, I had to look it up, and I was like, okay. And then I went a little further, and Marquise Brown finished 29th among it's wide receivers. Games. <laughs> Probably. But, or 27th, I'm sorry, uh, among wide receivers and half PPR points per game last year with a target share north of 25%. Mm. That's a lot. Now he's going to a team that is going to throw the ball less, and I think it's a lateral move at quarterback between Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and I think there's – Despite DeAndre Hopkins being suspended, I think there's more competition for targets. So I'm going to say no. The correct answer is yes. Oh, Kyler Murray will help the hit or miss production we've seen from Marquise Brown. First, just Hopkins alone frees up seven targets a game. Now, granted, it's not for the whole season, but that will give us a good running start. Um, And they also obviously lost Christian Kirk in the offseason. And Rondell Morris hurt right now. Rondell hurt for the moment anyway. And he's just a water bug anyway. I just, I'm not, he's never going to be a guy that's going to soak up targets. Uh, A.J. Green, no threat. Antoine Wesley, sneaky threat, but that's a whole. That's I think whole he different. got cut this week. About Greg, I'm pretty sure he got Dorch. cut. Dorch, quiet. Then I don't. Andy then I never said that. Isabella. Uh, last year under Kyler Murray, at least one of his wide receivers scored or crossed 100 yards in nine of the first 10 games. Oh no, he got Wesley got placed on injured reserve. That's it, what was, it was. Oh yeah, I got IR'd. He yeah. was. Yeah, he was. He was battling injury in the preseason. Yep. That's too bad. He was one of my like my deepest. 
dart. I knew it was something with him. Uh, Thank you for looking that up. Uh, Kyler Murray was able to get good production out of one of his, at least one of his wide receivers up until everything sort of tanked for him after Thanksgiving. The hope is that he can, he, he, and by the way, if he and Cliff Kingsbury don't do better in December, they're gone. I mean, they've got to straighten that out because if they are, they are one more bad December away. From losing their job. Well, Kyler Murray can't. He's got the big contract. Well, is he going to complete all his homework assignments? I will concede your point for the first six weeks that he'll be more consistent. After that, when Hopkins is back. I don't think. You know what? I don't think. We'll see. I don't think Hopkins got that much left in the tank. Okay. The version of him we saw Mm. last year was certainly not the dominating version that we had seen in his Houston days. I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic on Marquise Brown. I've been a skeptic up until this point of the career. I want to think it's going to come together here with great opportunity. But sure. to your points, to the point that Brian made, he's had great opportunity in the past. If you would like to download my cheat sheet for free, it's available at guillotineleagues.com. We recommend that you give that a try, along with a private league with 8 to 18 of your friends and a public league if you want to play for prizes. Guillotineleagues.com. It's the hottest, freshest new format in fantasy football. Available at guillotineleagues.com. We'll be back for our number two in moments. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hour number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. This segment devoted to teammates. Which teammate is the better one to draft based on their ADP? Now, in most cases, we know exactly who the better teammate is, just who's going to score more fantasy points. But when you apply it to the draft capital you have to give up to get that guy, the whole equation changes. Mm-hmm. We'd all rather have, well, let's go. We can go right let's to one of the it. first ones. Let's uh, do it. We, the Buffalo backfield. Devin Singletary Ugh. going in round seven, James Cook going in round 10, or Zach Moss going in round 24. Scott, let's begin with you. Yeah, so as an early early guy on Singletary, 
and a guy who really likes the highlights of James Cook, I'm still going with Zach Moss in round 24 just because I don't really want a part of this backfield right now. And if I have to take one, it's going to be the round 24 guy who's been talked up all preseason. That makes sense. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Devin Singletary in the 7th, James Cook in the 10th, or Zach Moss in round 24? Yeah, Scott and I are in pretty much full agreement. This offense is going to go through Josh Allen, whether it's his arm or his legs. So I'm just taking the cheapest guy here, and uh, it's Zach Moss. And he, he's broken our hearts in the past. So I'm ready he to has. give him one more chance. <laughs> at, at this price, at, at least. This, at, at round I'm, 24, basically feel free. I meant yeah. my Singletary and Cook thing is I like those players, and even I don't want yeah, so that's a fair point. Um, totally agree with all the points you made. I'd take Zach Moss out of that group, mostly just because I don't want to invest in the others. Let's go to New England. Which teammate would you rather draft? You have to draft one and only one. Ramondre Stevenson now going round seven or Damian Harris going round 10. That is crazy. Their ADP's flipped and that much. Yep. I'm going to pay up for Ramondre Stevenson in the seventh round over Harris. Um, I think he's a special player or will be a special player. Going back to his college days at Oklahoma in 2019, he was on his way to being one of the top backs in college football, got suspended for marijuana, lame. And then in 2020, he had to split time with Trey Sermon, who was also very lame. But even in splitting that time, Stevenson forced an average of .36 missed tackles per carry. And according to Pro Football Focus, that was the fifth best mark in college football. He had 119 touches in 2020 in college, lost yardage on just four of them. He's a... He's a beast, and I think he's going to – he's already taken over the starting job, and I think he's well, going to – Well, we don't know himself. that. Well, we think I, that. I know Harris had his 15 touchdowns last year, but I think Stevenson is the more skilled player, and I, I, I would take him in the seventh round over Harris in the tenth. All right. Scott, which New England running back would you take? Ramondre Stevenson in the seventh or Damian Harris in the tenth? It feels like I've talked about Ramondre Stevenson every single week yes. on this. It, it feels yeah. <laughs> – this is very clear for me. In fact, round seven, I've been taking him round six. I feel like I took him five twelve once. Like I'm, t- I'm taking him that early just because he's got RB one, like top twelve running back in him. If he does leapfrog Damian Harris, I, I'll take that all day. Damian Harris, if he's going, if he's dipped to the tenth, I'm now, buying that dip. Though. How about both? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, the way we. That's not how the game up, is, but I'm buying that dip yeah. if that's if that's where he's going now. That's crazy. Let's go to the Jets. Would you? Well, who, who are you taking? Uh, I'm on Stevenson as well. Okay, yeah. but this is mostly a game for you guys. Oh, I'm just I'm playing I'm just playing the the role of uh, of like game show host here. Gotcha. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Brees Hall in round four or Michael Carter? Again, these are teammates. You have to pick one. Jets running backs. Brees Hall in round four. Michael Carter round eleven. I believe we're on Scott to go first for this one. Sure. It's still Brees Hall, but man, that is quite a gap. And Michael Carter is the presumed starter at this point. I just really, I I know he hasn't, you know, flashed enough to step up, but he's had flashes. And I really feel like this is one of those Jonathan Taylor or Adrian Peterson situations where Chester Taylor had the starting role, but it took three or four weeks. Or Marlon Mack had the starting role over Jonathan. It took three or four weeks before they got going. But I feel the second half of the season is going to be Brees Hall. And I think Brees Hall is going to be borderline, you know, definitely a top 24 guy in that range. So I will take the the, the round for Brees Hall. It's it's looking not too good right now, though. All right. Brian, Brees Hall round four, Michael Carter round 11. I, I would shoot the moon for Brees Hall, but I'm worried about that offensive line mm-hmm. in New York, especially after they lost left, left tackle, Mekhi Becton. Uh, so I'm going to take the cheaper Carter, 
who is the starter for now and uh, could maintain that role throughout the season. According to Pro Football Focus, Carter forced more missed tackles per touch than Javante Williams last year, so he can play. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's a, a seven-round delta between the two, I'm going to take the cheaper guy here. Yeah, I'm with you. Cheaper guy. Let's go to Cincinnati. Jamar Chase will cost you a first-rounder. Teammate T. Higgins, a third-rounder. Or Tyler Boyd, a longtime Brian Johnson favorite. Mm. Round 11. But this is a sticky one, Brian. Which one would you choose at his average draft position? Yeah, I was a big Boyd guy. Well, before T. Higgins and Jamar <laughs> Chase were around, <laughs> they kind of they kind of spoiled the uh, ruined the party there. Uh, so he's out of the equation for me, Boyd. That is, I'm going to go with Higgins in round three, who outscored Jamar Chase in PPR last year from weeks 15 or weeks five through 16. Mm. And Jamar Chase had that monster week 17 that won everyone their league if they had him on roster, especially if he was paired with Joe Burrow. But if you replace that monster week 17 just with his per-game average, which is like 15 PPR points per game, Chase finishes just barely inside the top 10 among wide receivers. So his number is a little skewed by that monster week uh, 17 game. So I'm going to take Higgins here. Yeah, right. it's not just that monster week. I think something like 33 or 35% of his uh, fantasy points came off of eight plays. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. it's it, it was a lot of, but he gets those. Like, that's part of his game. That's, that so is you, part of the You can't really detract it. it. It's yes. just an interesting thing. Uh, for me, I'm taking T. Higgins at the two-round discount uh, just because, like, a lot of people do forget, like, he was better than Jamar Chase seven out of the 17 weeks. Mm-hmm. From week eight to 14, he was the better receiver as Chase dipped. And Chase did have a couple monster games that really, really buoyed his fantasy production. Like, uh, But it's a two-round, like you can get someone really good in the, in the first and get comparable production two rounds later. And people forget Higgins had the monster Super he, Bowl. Higgins he is, had yeah, two touchdowns and 100-plus yeah. yards, and Chase was open on the last play. If Burrow had another second, his number was Higgins was my play. wide receiver 13 I'm I move him to 12. I'm, he's right Do on that it. board. Yourself into it. He's right there for me. Let's go to Pittsburgh. Um, teammates, would you pay? Who would you who would you draft? Deontay Johnson in round four. George Pickens round nine. Chase Claypool round 10. Scott? Uh, it's George Pickens for me. I feel like I have him on every roster, and I can't get enough of him. I need him on every roster. Uh, it's, it's the five-round discount. I'm not even sure Deontay Johnson is going to be the complete target hog that he was with Ben, who I think in part I believe Ben's noodle arm forced him to sh- throw it so short to Deontay Johnson all the time. I'm not sure he gets the same volume he gets. Uh, and, and plus there's just a lot of other players I want in round four. In round nine, I'm getting a George Pickens that I feel like could you know be a top 36 receiver uh, starting wide receiver on your fantasy team. All right. Brian, which Pittsburgh wide receiver would you rather have? Deontay Johnson round four, George Pickens round nine, or Chase Claypool round 10? I love Pickens like like Fish does, but I'm still I'm still going to go Deontay Johnson in round four. I know things have changed. He might not be the target hog uh, that he was with Roethlisberger. By the way, last year, only Cooper Cup saw more targets than Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson only uh, also only 27% of his games resulted in a finish outside of the top 30 at wide receiver. I got this great info from your, your cheat sheets, by the way, Josh, oh, good. at guillotineleagues.com. Yeah. Uh, the only other wide receivers who did that finished uh, outside of the, the top 30 in under 30% of their games were Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel. So Johnson, he just feels much safer than me. Pickens could have that Randy Moss splash, but I don't know if it's going to come in year one. All right, let's go to Dallas. Uh, Would you rather have Zeke in round three or Tony Pollard in round six as we continue through our battling teammates? Brian. Uh, Offensive line issues 
in Dallas. So, of course, uh, you got to be worried about Zeke a little bit, but I'm still going to take Zeke in round three. I think that's still a good discount for a guy who was well on his way to being a top five running back last year before his season was kind of derailed in week six with injuries that he played through the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. He was averaging over five yards per carry with a, with a banged up offensive line then. So I'm still going to go Zeke. I love Pollard, though. Yeah, it's Zeke. He He's still putting up top 10 running back numbers time and time again, and people just don't like him anymore, even though he played injured last year. That's yeah. And his production didn't even go down that much while injured. He's fully healthy this year, and it's his final year probably with the Cowboys. They're going to run him. 18 total touches from inside the five last yeah. year for Zeke. Pollard had one. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, if we want to, at the end of the day, we want touchdowns. Yeah. Zeke's that guy. Let's go to Chicago. As we look at the teammates that we would prefer to draft over another, we go to David Montgomery, round five, Khalil Herbert coming in at round 11. Scott, which one would you take? Yeah, I'm I'm taking Herbert basically because I don't really love either of them. Herbert's got head buzz about being more involved and splitting more. It's... Uh, David Montgomery has not been an efficient running back. It's all been volume for him, and I'm not sure he gets the same volume, and that offensive line is terrible. I really don't want either, but if I have to, I guess I'll spend the 11th. You'll you'll, you'll take the discount. Yeah. Uh, Do you feel any differently, Brian? No, can I take Tristan Ebner in the last round? (laughs) (laughs) Go there. Considering Justin Fields is going to lead the Bears in rushing, I predict this year. So, yeah, I'll take the cheaper guy all day. All right. Let's go to Green Bay. This one is really pretty thorny. This one is thorny. Uh, Which running back are you going to take? Aaron Jones in round two or A.J. Dillon in round five? Brian. This feels like it'll be as close as you can get to a 50-50 split between two very talented guys. So I'm going to take the cheaper guy in A.J. Dillon. And, and, and mainly because if you got to take Jones in the second round, Alvin Kamara is sitting there. Yeah. And I'm all over Kamara, and I'm taking him 10 out of 10 times over Aaron Jones. So <laughs> we're, uh, we're not talking about Well, Alvin that's why, because right. I'm no. going to take A.J. But, Dillon but, but, later. It is part of the argument. That was my thoughts, too, is they're, they're like Aaron Jones, I feel like he could lead that team in receptions. He could be RB1. Like, I feel like that's in his range. But there's also a ton of really talented running backs in that same range that are going with him. I would rather take A.J. Dillon, who I play in a league with uh, <laughs> later in the fifth, and take the discount, and he could be an RB1 if Aaron Jones gets hurt. All right, let's go to Minnesota. Another, I think, another fairly tricky one, but we'll find out. We are in Which Minnesota. teammate? Yeah, we are in Minnesota. Which teammate is the better one to draft? Justin Jefferson, round one. Adam Thielen, round six. Probably should have added in KJ Osborne, but that's we're not. Mm, he's you not probably should have. Uh, Jefferson, one. Thielen, round six. Scott. So this one, I still haven't recovered from saying Justin Jefferson in round two versus Adam Thielen in round five last year at the mm. fair, and I got booed for it <laughs> um, because I said Jefferson, and everybody else thought You're it was a little Thielen. bit bitter. A little bitter. Listen, um, we this love, year we love the people at the state fair. Most of them are drunk. <laughs> that is true. It is. It is obviously ten in the morning. We're still. When we do our show. That's shows, why so. not all of them. <laughs> okay. At the uh, airport and for, the fair, there's no time. For, for me, it's Adam Thielen. It's Adam Thielen now at this one because Justin Jefferson, you are spending a top three pick. Adam Thielen, you're getting in round six, sometimes round five, sometimes even round seven. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a guy who is, I say, very likely, I not even just likely, very likely to be a 10-plus touchdown guy, which is crazy mm-hmm. in that round. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Brian, you feel any differently? I do. I got to go Jefferson among the big three wide receivers, and that's Jefferson, Cup, and Jamar Chase. I feel like Thielen poses the least threat to his counterpart. I'm more concerned with uh, T. Higgins, obviously, for Jamar Chase's sake, and 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 Allen Robinson with Cooper Cup. So I, if I'm going to pay up for a, one of the big wide receivers, it is Justin Jefferson. Thielen's kind of old. Not 
There's more risk built into Thielen, yeah. for sure, with the injury history. There's no doubt about it. All right, we've got time for one last one. Let's go to Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, round three. Chris Godwin, round five. Brian. I'm going Godwin, who has finished wide receiver two, wide receiver 15, wide receiver seven in points per games over the points per game over the last three seasons. And he seems like he's going to be ready for week one. They, they released Tyler Johnson. So I think Godwin's going to be a go. So I'll take the cheaper guy. Yeah, honestly, these are both very good values for both. Uh, I, I started to lean Godwin, but I'm going to go with Mike Evans, who's been double digit touchdowns every single that, year Tom Brady has been there. It's the touchdowns. Yeah. I like touchdowns. Everybody. Yeah, who you know, likes touchdowns? Everybody. Everyone loves TDs. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we come back, I might be wrong about that. There's some stances that we take on this show that are pretty strong. We'll confess the things that are keeping us up at night about that maybe we're not right about. Mm. It's a possibility. We'll find out what they are when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Fantasy Football Weekly continues. Paul Charchi and GuillotineLeagues.com. If you haven't tried a Guillotine League yet, it is super fun and a really different way to play fantasy football. 18 teams start the season, and that's because there's 18 weeks in the season. No head-to-head. Instead, the low-scoring team gets cut every week, and their players go to the waiver wire where pandemonium ensues, Mm -hmm. Scott Fish. There it is. There it is. And you... Get to bid on a whole draft of players that just hit the waiver wire. This is not like anything that's ever happened to you before. You build powerhouse teams throughout the season by not finishing last. Tons of fun. Lots of ways to uh, to play and win guillotineleagues.com. This is a segment devoted to the things that we might be wrong about. I was, <laughs> I was not exactly right. Any good fantasy show has got, you got to take strong takes on things. You got to have strong opinions. You have to predict what's going to happen. 
But then you lay awake at night and you think, what if I'm wrong? What are the things keeping you guys awake at night? Brian, what might you be wrong about? Uh, I think of Kyle Pitts all night long, all day oh, man. long. Yeah, just, you do. Yes. Just Kyle Pitts on my mind all the time. By the way, Scott, where is that jock strap that you acquire from one of your many? <laughs> from your collection, your personal collection. <laughs> no, no. He's Bro, saying he's because I, I play in a league with Tyler Algier that I, Algier, I should connect with Algier to get one from Yes. Pitts. So I might be wrong about Kyle Pitts being a league winner, and I've been advocating to reach a round for Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. grabbing him in the second round. But even if drafting him in the third round, you're drafting him to be a league winner as a tight end, and uh, that would have been the case last year if not for the one touchdown. Yeah. Um, he was one of three tight ends to top 1,000 yards, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, the only other two. Pitts averaged more yards per reception than okay. Kelsey and Andrews did. Okay, that's why you'd be right. <laughs> well, I'm, I know this... <laughs> And that's why I've been banging the drum, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong because maybe they continue to misutilize him. The quarterback play might be worse. I'm not a fan of Matt Ryan, but Marcus Mariota is the starting quarterback. You never know. Drake London, I think, helps Kyle Pitts cause, but maybe he is the the alpha receiver for the Falcons. So there there is some concern that Kyle Pitts – May not be the league winner that I'm touting him as, but uh, I'm still I'm not going to be wrong about this. But maybe. <laughs> okay. All right, Scott. What is keeping you awake? What do you uh, What are you worried that you might be wrong about? So I am way overweight on Al Robinson. I've been in on him on almost every show I've done. I, I've thrown out there that Robert Woods was wide receiver twelve before the injury, and OBJ was wide receiver thirteen from the time he got there to the end of the season, but. OBJ had a few games that weren't that great. They just scored touchdowns. And Robert Woods had a couple, like a 150-yard game and like a 97 and a touchdown. Maybe it was a little, you know, a little more fluky than I like to believe. Van Jefferson will be coming back. And what if he takes a step up? What if uh, OBJ or uh, Allen Robinson is actually half-washed at this point? And and the the Bears would tell you he is. (laughs) What if all those things are actually what was going on and that Mm – the value, the wide receiver two, I think I'm getting is more like a wide receiver four. And there is concern with Matt Stafford's elbow. As yes. Well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things that could actually be going wrong here. And I, I'm choosing not to see them. One of the things that I'm laying awake at night, worrying about what if the bears offense doesn't self-destruct from the offensive line backwards, which is the, right. currently the thinking, I think, for all yeah, of us, yeah. that this offensive line is so bad. I've avoided all bears. I have, too. Except I've got, for Komet. I, I have Komet. virtually <laughs> no bears on any of my teams. Um, but what um, if it turns out that maybe offensive line's not as important as we think it is? Maybe Justin Fields is just going to scramble that much more and run that much more, and that he's going to be a very serviceable fantasy quarterback. What if Alex no Leatherwood uh, now acquired Anchor. by them? What what if he turns yes. into the Vikings Raiders Dan Carlson version? Right, right. I mean, what that maybe the Bears aren't going to be. You know, basically, I've got him pegged as, as the worst offense or one of the worst offense. What if I'm completely wrong that offensive line matters this much, Brian? What else is keeping you up nights? Well, I, I said uh, I peacocked off that uh, Saquon Barkley will finish as RB1. Let's just say I, he, I could be wrong that he finishes as a top five back at the very least. Uh, for the reasons I, the reasons I think he could be RB1 is he's two years removed from the major in- knee injury. The o- offensive line is much improved in New York. They have a new head coach, offensive mind, Brian Dable, former offensive coordinator for the Bills. But what if Barkley 
even though he's still young, what if he just we've seen the best from him? That was in his, in his rookie year. And the yeah. Giant, what if the Giants' offense is continues to be inept? They're they're pretty weak at wide receiver. Barkley might see a ton of stacked boxes, but uh, I'm still very optimistic for Saquon Barkley. But I, I could be wrong about this, and it's going to sting because I'm starting to take him in the late first round and even earlier uh, if I have an earlier draft pick. I just think this the ceiling is sky high. And uh, you're, once again, you're going back to no, I'm not. You're right or you're wrong? Okay, well, All right. you get yeah. if I if I'm. We're saying we might be might wrong be about wrong. things, so right. I have to say why I thought I'm or why I'm that's advocating fair. for this. All right, that's fair. Scott, what is keeping you awake at night? What might you be wrong I about? See, these things aren't keeping me awake at night. But what if I'm wrong on Miles Sanders? He's been borderline undraftable for me. I have zero of him in any of my leagues. He isn't involved much in the passing game. He's barely averaged two catches per game over the last two seasons. He doesn't get goal line work. He's had six rush attempts inside the five last year out of 43 attempts from the team. Um, He even says, don't draft him. But... There, <laughs> he caught 50 balls his rookie year, and he was super efficient catching the ball. What if he reclaims that role? He might be the RB1 on an offense that I think is primed to take off. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a good year and take that offense off. And what if he's the RB1? What if he does become that goal line back like Eckler, who didn't get goal line snaps, and then all Until of a sudden did. did? We might be looking at the RB1 on a really good offense that I've just completely avoided because of what happened the last two years. Very fair. Very fair. I might be wrong about Cam Akers. I've talked about it a million times on this show. Uh, nobody's come back from, no running backs come back from a torn Achilles to have a productive career. Um, numerous, uh, well, at least one report that I've seen suggesting Cam Akers had some kind of newfangled procedure that might have yield better results, and that new that new procedure is what let him come back as fast as he did for the playoff run uh, last year. I hope I am wrong. I mean, this is the thing I hope I'm wrong about. I hope Cam Akers has a great career, but I've been uh, I've been off of him. Mm-hmm. I've been drafting Daryl Henderson uh, or just avoiding those, that whole backfield for all you know for this entire year and. Cam Akers uh, might be the first, maybe he's the first running back in the history of the NFL to be productive after the Achilles. Maybe. Brian, what might you be wrong about? I've been banging the drum since the spring uh, saying Dallas Goddard is going to going to join the tight end elite this year. Um, I, I might be wrong about that, though, but all, all the metrics were there. I won't go into them. I've said it multiple times on the show, but he just didn't see the volume. Uh, last season with Philly. Um, Zach Ertz is gone now, so that helps his cause, but A.J. Brown Brown's is in there. town. Right. Uh, Philadelphia also has an arguably the one of the best de- the best defense or one of the best defenses in the NFL now. It sure looks Maybe they're not going to be involved it? in a, a ton of shootouts. Mm-hmm. They might be a more run-heavy team, but yeah, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown are going to soak up targets. Uh, you know, they've got good running backs in Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and Bastin Scott. So uh, Bastin. If, if Dallas Goddard doesn't see the volume, he won't join the tight end elite, but I still think he will. So, But I still could be wrong about that. Scott, what might you be wrong about? I'm going over to Adam Thielen, and I hate to say this because I'm a Vikings fan, and mm. we have beat this drum. But uh, that best end zone conversion rate in the NFL over the last two years um, those, you know, 10 touchdowns and 11 healthy fall games, he's gotten hurt a lot recently. He could, he could just be in his thirties and starting to get hurt more. This Kevin O'Connell offense, they fed Cooper cup in the end zone. We, we don't know that Adam Thielen role, Thielen's role is going to stay the same in that area that it was in the Zimmer regime. It might be Justin Jefferson in the Cooper cup role 
taking those end zone targets like <laughs> with Kevin O'Connell's offense. What if KJ Osborne steps up more than we think? What if Cook lining up outside like he's doing takes more receptions than we think and more short stuff, which Adam Thielen does? I could be wrong about Adam Thielen, and I, <laughs> it scares me because I got him everywhere. I don't think I am, though. <laughs> I, I don't think you are either. But we'll, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're exactly wrong. Or, or, well, you're right uh, and wrong about being wrong. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about that Bucks offense. What if Tom Brady is just as magical and timeless as ever? What if all of the things that have gone wrong around Tom Brady this year? What if they don't matter? What if they just don't matter because it's Tom freaking Brady? When you know, and we've talked already on this show. All the discounted prices on all of these Buccaneers. Everybody's worried. Offensive lines in shambles. Chris Godwin's trying to come back from an ACL. Lost Gronk. This, you know, lost their head coach. So many things that have gone wrong. But what if it just doesn't matter because it's Tom Brady? Yep. He's looking a little frail since his uh. A little peaking. Mixing a burger too. Would you? You know, you might. Well, that's not part of the. I don't think think burger is really part of the TB8 experience. So we we never determined where he went. Right? He never disclosed that. No, we don't know. No. Even though he came back looking like he had half of his face sucked out. Anything else? Anybody? (laughs) Anything else leaving you guys awake? I got one more. I'll I'll drop one more. Cole Komet, I've been all over him off. He's drafting him everywhere as my yeah. second tight end. And if I punted it, I've taken him in the eighth or ninth. He had 60 receptions on 93 targets in limited work, mm. fighting off Jimmy Graham and Jesse James. And if you think they didn't weren't taking much, they were combining for like 45 snaps a game the last yeah. few weeks, et cetera. Uh, both are gone now. He's a third-year tight end. Allen Robinson is gone now. In fact, the Bears lost their second, third, and fourth. Uh, or no, not their second. They lost three of their top five target getters. Um, I've been all over it, but what if the offense, like we've talked about with the Bears, and Matt talked about this as a bus candidate last week, what if it's just completely anemic? Yeah, totally. What if this offense, he didn't score any touchdowns last year because they didn't get him in the red zone enough to... So, what, if, what if that's the offense? So I'm laying awake because the Bears offense might be better than I thought. You're laying awake because the Bears offense might be worse yeah. than you thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> I they, also they they passed at one of the lowest rates inside the inside the ten last year, and that's where tight ends make their hay. That is true. It's scary. I think uh, they may have been the run heaviest team. I or if they were, if they must be close to that. Anyway. It was a two to run two to one run pass ratio inside yep. the five. Yep. Um, last one I'll say that's left. Made me wonder a little bit. And I've passed on Antonio Gibson, like, in my various leagues, I don't know, a right. hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what What if he responds to all these challenges? What, yeah. if he was the, what if he is the player we hoped he would be at this time last year, and now Brian Robinson's out of the picture through no fault of his own, and he just houses the main running back job for yeah. the commanders all year. Yeah. So they released Jared Patterson. They're clearly comfortable with uh, They are, with him Antonio and Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we come back, Thursday night preview. Oh, boy. Yep, we're breaking we're out a game fantasy football weekly style and releasing our final sleepers of the preseason. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. There's a brand new way to play guillotine leagues called Zombie Mode. The idea is for anybody who's been nervous about joining a guillotine league because you don't want to get chopped. You don't want to have a five-week experience and have your season end early. Instead of getting chopped, you join the zombie horde that stays alive and continues to pester and ultimately try to kill off the human surviving teams and perhaps ultimately, the end of the year, retain, regain your humanity. Yeah, in a nutshell, if you get chopped and become a zombie, you lose your whole team, but you still maintain whatever fab you have left. Half your, your fab. Half your fab, but you just got to build a whole new team. Yep. With You get to bid on players just like the humans do, and then you can mm-hmm. add add, add uh, free agents via first come, first serve, but... uh. Yeah, you can uh, earn your way back into the yes. human race. Yeah, and basically. every time the zombies take down a human, half of the fab gets spread among all the zombies. And I, I, the before long, the zombies are going to have more fab than the humans have got. And so the zombies have some real pathways to getting back and getting strong, which we love. It's Conceptually, it's like they're eating brains of the humans. Brains. Brains. Uh, let's talk through our final set of sleepers for this preseason. We've already given out. This will be a, a four different sets of them this will be our fifth mm-hmm. scott you want to go first who is your final sleeper sure i'm going i'm going with uh one of those uh teammates adp guys where i wanted the lower guy and I, more and more every week i'm wanting the lower guy it's daryl henderson going in the 11th round we're talking about a guy when healthy last year averaged 5.7 yards per carry and 14.7 yards per reception Mm. That's pretty darn good. Mm. That's actually really effective. In his nine games where he had 10 or more touches, he scored eight times, averaging 87 total yards. It's not bad. That's pretty dang good mm-hmm. for an 11th rounder. If he can find his way to 10-plus touches I think routinely this year, uh, will. which I think he will, he's a pretty effective flex play, especially in good matchups. Uh, you're getting in the double-digit rounds. Brian, your final sleeper of the preseason. I'm going with Bill's rookie wide receiver, Khalil Shakir, uh, drafted in the fifth round out of Boise State. I think he was tagged with that kind of small school stigma, mm-hmm. maybe slid a little in the draft. And technically, he's wide receiver five right now on the depth chart. But outside of Stefan Diggs, 
he's the only wide receiver I think who can play on the outside and, and in the slot. So if something were to happen to Diggs or Gabe Davis, I think he slides right into the starting lineup there. And now Isaiah McKenzie, we like we like him on the show, but he's 27 years old and he's like five eight, 170 pounds. I don't know if he's going to last a whole season. He's only caught 99 passes in his five year career. Yeah, he's never been he's never been a full time starter. And he's Jameson Crowder teams guy. is just a guy. That's a proven mm-hmm. fact. So Shakir, if he but gets it's the, a proven fact that he's a guy. Just that's that's. About all he, he has he going identif- for him. Does he, are you saying he, he openly <laughs> identifies as male? I'm not going there. But I will tell you this. Khalil Shakir leads all players in the preseason, all wide receivers. I know not all the big names are playing in the preseason, but he leads no, all wide receivers uh, in catches of 15-plus yards. So he's he looks explosive. And if given opportunity in that Bills offense, he could uh, be a all difference right. maker. That's a deep sleeper. I like it. I like it. I am going with Minnesota wide receiver K.J. Osborne. Yeah. Now, Osborne it has been in the league now for two years. This will be his, thir- his third year. His first year, K.J. Osborne did not see the field. Not one play as a rookie. And rolls into his sophomore year. B.C. Johnson's going to be the third receiver. But then B.C. Johnson tears his ACL. And suddenly, K.J. Osborne gets, gets thrust into the, a meaningful role in the Vikings offense. Last year, what happens? He puts up the best season of any Vikings third receiver in the history of the club. 700 yards and seven touchdowns for K.J. Osborne. Jake Reed shaking Take his that, fist Jake somewhere. Reed. Yes. And last season, effectively uh, his rookie year, uh, last year, as I mentioned, was effectively his rookie year. So he's effectively kind of K.J. Osborne into his sophomore year, second year as a starter. So he's got room to get better, maybe a lot better. And maybe the gap between K.J. Osborne and Thielen and Jefferson is less than we think it is. Mm-hmm. It, he might be a better receiver than we realize. Then, I'm I was going to say, I almost yeah. went with Hassan Jones, but I feel like that Hassan would have been Jones. too deep. Of a, that is deep for most of our listening audience here. So you're not concerned about Jalen Rieger? Uh, no, I am not. <laughs> no, return man. The <laughs> Mike Zimmer's gone. It's Kevin O'Connell yeah. here now. Uh, he's going to, KJ Osborne will run out of the slot for Kevin O'Connell. The last receiver to run out of the oh, slot who was that? for Kevin O'Connell was Cooper Cup. So, Triple Crown obviously coming for K.J. Osborne. Clearly. Um, okay. So, seriously, you will be the third receiving option, but who's to say that Minnesota's going to be a low-volume passing offense anymore? The nope. third receiver option or Kevin O'Connell might be very good. O'Connell knows how to scheme open players in the slot. K.J. Osborne, nobody's really talking about him going uh, right now pick 180 off the board. I think that's a lot of value for K.J. Osborne, my final sleeper. For this year. This coming Thursday. Is there a game? NFL action. Oh, it's finally here. We've been talking about it forever. Whole offseason. We're finally going to have our first game. Now, as regular listeners to Fantasy Football Weekly know, once we get into the season, we break down every game Mm -hmm. fantasy style. We give letter grades, A, B, C, or bench grade to all of the fantasy-relevant players from these teams. And this year, for the first year in our 28-year history... (laughs) Nothing changes! (laughs) We are adding pluses and minuses. Um, Now, the thing about this game, it's Buffalo versus L.A., and it's in Mm -hmm. L.A. 
Oh my god. These are arguably the two best defenses in the NFL. That's what this thing is. There's going to be a real chance that there's some frustrated people who feel like they drafted well and they invested into high profile players from two good offenses that end up getting very little in this first Thursday night game. So A's for the defenses and the kickers. Yeah, yeah, may be the case. (laughs) So these defenses ranked number one and number two in passing touchdowns allowed last year. I don't have an A grade on anybody in this game. Oh, my Lord. Yes. Oh, boy. And Buffalo was without Tredavious White, all-pro corner, for Correct. a good amount of the season, and they were stifling. Yes, and they're going to be without guys. him as well for this game, oh, too. Oh, are they? I'm, they my are. bad. You'll, yeah. I'm You'll sorry to mow your lawn there. That's no, okay. I love that you're saying bench Josh Allen. That's really not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> he does come in with a B grade here. The Rams allowed the sixth-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks last year. Secondary got a little better with the return of Troy Hill, cornerback Troy Hill. He was very good in L.A. last year. He mans the slot. We'll talk more about him in a minute. The Rams allowed the second-fewest passing touchdowns last year. No opposing quarterback all year against the Rams. Top two touchdowns. That includes Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, guys with just two touchdowns. We did see mobile quarterbacks ding the Rams a little bit on the ground, including Kyler Murray and Tyler Huntley, who both top both top 50 rushing yards against Los Angeles at the end of the season. And Josh Allen can always be effective on the ground. But it, an explosive game seems very unlikely against a very good Rams secondary. So just the B grade on Josh Allen. Hopefully he chips in with his legs. Let's go to his some of his receiving targets, like Stefan Diggs. Rams, as mentioned earlier, very good pass defense. Jalen Ramsey, of course, is the signature player there. Ramsey shadows a lot, and Diggs will likely get most of his attention. When these teams met two years ago, Diggs shook Ramsey by lining up in the slot for much of that game, and there he found success, and he posted uh, four catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown, primarily by running in the slot. Ramsey does not follow into the slot, typically, um, Ramsey wasn't quite as good last year as he was the previous season, uh, but he still only gave up av- per game averages of 29 yards and 0.2 touchdowns per game. So they may have to move Diggs around a little bit to get him to shake Ramsey. And that's your upside play on Diggs. Your downside play is kind of what Ramsey usually gives up 29 yards and 0.2 touchdowns, which would be obviously be a very down game for Diggs. Just a, the B grade on Diggs. You'll start him and I would too, yeah. but keep your, Keep uh, your your expectations, expectations in tempered. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about Gabriel or tamped Davis. down. Tamped. Even better. <laughs> We're going to tamp those expectations, Scott. You, uh, Scott, you're a big Gabriel Davis guy. I am. I uh, have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally got the big payoff in the playoffs. You'll remember. Where it mattered Kansas for my City. fantasy teams. Perfect. Yeah, right. Exactly. Gosh. Uh, playoff game against Kansas City, 200 yards and four touchdowns, one of the great playoff performances in the history of the NFL. Um, If Ramsey is shadowing Diggs, which we expect, that puts Davis on cornerback David Long. His pro football focus grades were middling, but Long actually gave up fewer yards and touchdowns on a per-game basis than than Ramsey did. Just 23 yards per game and 0.08 touchdowns per game. He gave up just one passing touchdown all year, including the playoffs. David Long is is a challenging cornerback as well. 
I still I love Gabriel Davis with the momentum, whatever momentum is left from the playoffs, and I still am very bullish on him for this year, but this is a tough matchup. I think there's momentum coming from confidence from Josh Allen because when he made Gabriel Davis made that touchdown catch in uh, preseason week two, I believe, uh, Josh Allen had a quote after the game, something like, I threw it up because I know Davis is going to be out there, out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. That is it. We like, like the sound of if that. If I think Gabe Davis is somewhere in the vicinity, I'm just going to throw it up to him. Put an optimistic B grade on Davis, but he's got C grade downside on him, but I feel like I'd be hard pressed to bench him here. I'm right. giving Dave Gabriel Gabriel Davis the B grade. It we hope that Isaiah McKenzie is going to be able to play. He's nursing an injury right now. You'll want to follow that. He will play in the slot. He's going to see Troy Hill, who I mentioned earlier. Hill returns after basically a lost season in, in Cleveland last year with injury. Hill was very good in the slot for LA two years ago where he was giving up just 34 yards per game and gave up just one touchdown all year while he was in L.A. I have very something very important to share about Gabriel Davis. Please. Um, oh, boy. In 2020, the Rams selected Van Jefferson over Gabriel Davis. Oh, spite game. Revenge. Game. No, I like it's, it. it's, I call these the spite games, not the revenge games. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Spite. Yeah, you have to have actually been on the team to be to yes. qualify as a revenge. Yes. When you're passed yeah. over in the draft, yeah. it's, it's spite. Spite game. <laughs> yep. Um, McKenzie is a burner and Hill is decidedly not fast. Uh, and so there's a chance McKenzie slips past Hill for a big gain. But without that, I worry about Hill shutting down McKenzie. I've got a C grade on McKenzie. You're going for a home run connection, assuming he's able to play in this game. All right, let's go to the running backs. Devin Singletary, James Cook, lesser extent, Zach Moss. Rams are good run defense. No back topped 91 yards against L.A., after week four of last year. And over those final four games, L.A. only gave up 3.4 yards per carry. That is nothing. They can get dinged a little bit through the air, and we saw big games from Gio Bernard, DeAndre Swift, Leo Fournette, James Conner through the air last year. Singletary's an okay receiver. We believe James Cook is a pretty good receiver, so maybe Cook could be a little bit better here. But I've just got C grades on Singletary and Cook, and I don't think... They will both have C grades, but one or the other probably does okay here, and the other one probably gets very little, and we're going to leave Zach Moss on the bench and just see what happens with him a little bit. Uh, Also on the bench, tight end Dawson Knox. Rams are an above average but not dominating tight end defense last year. Only one opposing tight end top 66 yards all year against the Rams, and it was Mark Andrews. Um, new Ram Bobby Wagner could be asked to cover Knox often. Wagner only allowed one touchdown in his coverage the past two seasons. And Knox is a touchdown-dependent tight end. So if Bobby Wagner is going to pick up that assignment, I don't like Dawson Knox here because you need that touchdown. I don't think he gets it. Um, strong safety Jordan Fuller will, Fuller will also get some tight end coverage responsibilities. And he didn't give up any touchdowns last year. So we're all that together, and Dawson Knox is firmly on the bench. Uh, do you guys think I'm being overly pessimistic about my Bills mm. analysis here? No, no, I think you, I think it's fair given the the tough matchups on defense. It's it's fair. I I feel like a lot of people are going to want to start them any like yeah, they're, they're, because they're they're going to start them because it's week one of the fantasy season and they're your starters. Yeah. So and a lot of people think Bills have the best offense in the NFL. Let's I like to, yeah, I yeah, like that you're holding down the expectations right. though. Uh, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson get B grades. The Bills were last year's best overall pass defense, allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing receivers, and it was not close. 
Mm-mm. They only allowed, they ranked number one in touchdowns allowed to receivers. Get this. They gave up six yeah. touchdowns to wide receivers last year. They were number one in yards allowed, barely 100 yards per game to impo- opposing entire wide receiver groups. So imagine, you know, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson will probably combine for more than 100, but still, it says a lot. Um, Robinson may have an advantage because Bill's cornerback, Tredavious White, not expected to play, Brian, as we were talking earlier. He's missed the entire preseason, rehabbing his ACL from last year. Uh, Dane Jackson and rookie Keir Elam will be trying to handle Robinson on the outside. Cooper Cup, meanwhile, draws elite slot corner Teron Johnson. He only allowed 26 yards per game and gave up just two touchdowns in 19 games last year. You got to start Cup and Robinson, but keep your expectations in check. Um, Matthew Stafford, if I've got B grades on Cup and Robinson, that puts a B grade on Stafford as well as their quarterback here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, very, very tough pass defense, and this could have some downside in it that you don't expect. Um, Van Jefferson, maybe a spot starter or desperation play because of inexperienced rookie Kair Elam expected to start on the other side of as the starting cornerback for the Bills. Maybe Van Jefferson wins that battle once or twice. And the last part of the passing game I'll mention, Tyler Higby. With the surprise release of Kendall Blanton, he'd be looking at a big workload. But and this is another case where Buffalo's just great against tight ends here, allowing the second fewest points to the position last year and just one touchdown across the final 11 games of the year to tight ends. So Higby is on the bench. And that leaves us with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, both backs returning from injuries. The Bills lost run-stuffing tackle Harrison Phillips in the offseason. And Buffalo's pass defense is great. So I think they're going to want to run the ball. But they also lost Andrew Whitworth off their offensive line. So Akers and Henderson in a timeshare here don't interest me a lot. I've just got C grades on both. Akers' first game of the season back, they share maybe 10, 12 touches against a good run defense. 10, 12 each. This feels like a a 20 to 17 outcome. Don't be depressed when your Bills and Rams Mm -hmm. don't. Football will be back. No one's going to be depressed. I I hope you're right about that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Next week, when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly, a full in-season edition, which means premature speculation coming back. Everybody's excited for premature speculation. Absolutely. That is the best. Thanks for listening, everybody. The fantasy football season is officially upon us. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.